Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made, and even in the rain, we are rejoicing, and we are glad about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's right. Come on and give God a hand of praise on this morning. This morning, yes, the rain will not stop his praises from going forth. Won't you join me in a moment of, of prayer as we invite and invoke the blessed presence of our Father into this sanctuary to have his way. Almighty God, source of all strength, source of all understanding, source of all love. Forgive us this morning, O oh God, of any sins that would keep us from you and you from us. Illumine our minds by the light of your truth. Inspire our hearts by the presence of your spirit and teach our unruly wills to act under the guidance of your love we may worthily worship you now and sincerely serve you all the days of our lives. Come into this house, O oh God. Send your fresh anointing and let us worship you for the God that you are and the glory you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Come on and stand to your feet and let's worship this morning. We thank you for your presence. We thank you live streaming audience for joining in with us. We're going to give it over to the praise team. Let's have a good time and lift his name up. Come on, Pat. Praise the Lord this morning. I said praise the Lord this morning. I said praise the Lord this morning. We're going to bless him this morning. Here we go. Magnify the Lord with me. Son, he hath redeemed. Clap your hands, rejoice and sing. You are Lord of everything. Here we go. Come on. I will bless the Lord.
throughout this service and we learn about the doors that lay before us father we ask that you reveal to us what doors should remain closed father and which doors we should open father but through it all we ask that you allow us to keep the doors of our heart open to you father My God. that you may reside within father as you walk through each threshold of each door father we ask that if you find any clutter, yes, if God. you find any waste, Father, that you remove it from us, Father. Pray, man. Pray, man. And create a sanctified space where we may that yes, where God. you may reside. Pray, Father, man. we ask you to bless the preached word, Father, that our ears are receptive, Father, mm. and that we internalize your word, Father, that we can learn how to manifest it in our lives. My God. Father, we thank you. We give you the honor. Pray, we give man. you the praise and the glory you deserve. Yes, Father, we can't praise you enough. But right now, we want to give you a little bit of what we can do. Mm, Father, bless this service. Continue to lift us up, your people, Father. And through the rains and the storms, Father, give us comfort and sunshine inside, Father. Mm. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. And in your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Listen, while the doors are yet open and the worshipers are coming in, why don't you lead us into a deeper praise, a deeper worship. We invite you now to worship God in the intimacy of your heart. Don't worry about your neighbor. Let's worship him for the God that he is as the praise team leads us further into this worship experience. Forget about yourself. Forget about your neighbor. Forget about everything that you brought in here. Let's worship him now for the God he is and for the glory he deserves. Is he worthy this morning? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Let's worship him like he's worthy. Here we go. We have come. Worthy for 
you know he's worthy this morning, we're not going to rush your worship this morning. If you know he's worthy this morning, for everything that you've been through this week, if he's worthy this morning, why don't you just worship him? For every storm you've encountered this week, if you know he's worthy, why don't you just worship him? For every bad piece of news, every bad report you got, if you know that through all of that he's still worthy, why don't you just worship him? Yes. Somebody's been through challenges and tribulations and situations, and you're even here right now with some issues in front of you, but you know that through it all, God is still worthy. So why don't you just open up your mouth and worship him? Yes. Tell the Lord, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. My problems don't stop your praise because you're worthy. Yes. Yes. What I'm worried about doesn't stop your worthiness. God, you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus Christ. Just stay right there. for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God all the Lord does not look to people that look at outward appearance but Lord never heart amen God bless you God bless you this is going to ask you to remain standing. Our congregation of Him, a mighty fortress is our God. Amen, amen, amen. This is an old anthem now. Amen, a mighty fortress. Is, I need you old saints, you seasoned saints, you mature saints to take the lead on this one. Amen. And our millennials are going to listen in and learn it. By the third verse, they'll know it. Amen. Amen. A mighty fortress is our God. Amen.
sounded pretty good, Kay. Amen. <laughs> we may just need a little happen this morning. We're going to ask Mr. Williams if he would come and just tell us what he wants us to know. Brother Williams. morning church I am here on behalf of the pastor's anniversary committee uh, sorry for my voice it should get better as we go on in the day in uh, the book of Psalms uh, the author writes what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefit towards me what I like about that scripture is that in deciding what to give in deciding how to pay tribute in deciding how to honor, the author does not first consider what God can do for himself, nor does he consider what God already has. The author doesn't even ask what others might give, but in deciding what to give unto the Lord, he asks one question. What do I give to someone who's been so good to me? So on the fourth Sunday, we're gonna ask you to channel your inner psalmist and ask yourself, what shall I render unto a pastor, a shepherd, a man, his family, and their ministry for all they have done for us? So I'm asking you to reflect on the times when you walk through the doors burdened and left uplifted. I'm asking you to reflect on the times you went into your prayer closet and found it a little crowded because the Buckleys beat you there first. I'm asking you to think about the counsel, the counsel, the care that they provided over your 12 years here. I also want you to think about the times you saw Anna sing and Jonathan mime and Anna dance and realize that there's more to ministry than just the word. I want you to think about what that family has given to you and ask yourself, what shall I render? Now, I hope that what you decide has a dollar sign attached to it. But let's be clear, we are not just asking for money. If you're deciding whether you should attend or not, I want you to render your attendance. If you're deciding whether to participate or not, I want you to render your participation. I want you to render your prayers. I want you to render your words. I want you to render your care. What shall we render, Kay Chapel? See you for Sunday. Well, well said. We need to follow up at the same level, amen. This time now, we're gonna pause for a time in our service that where we all can be a blessing to the church itself, so we're going to ask that this choir come to give us a song. We're going to ask that the ushers prepare to give, and as you have, they, as you have been so blessed. So we ask you to prepare now again to give, and just remember who gave it to you in the first place. Amen. Ushers, we're going to ask you to please come, choir, men.
how great thou art. O God, most merciful and gracious, of whose bounty we have all received, accept we beseech you this offering of your people. Remember in your love those who have brought it and those for whom it is given, and so follow it with your blessings that it may promote peace and goodwill among people and that it will advance the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father God, we ask that you will accept these gifts and our prayer in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Can we bless this male chorus? Amen. 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 Something about men worshiping the Lord. It's just a beautiful sound. Amen. Amen. Listen, we do want to remind you that on next week, next week we will be having our state convention uh, hosted here in the city of Jackson down at the Jackson Marriott. We invite each of you to come down and be a part of the classes that are held throughout the week as well as the convention events uh, during the day. My address as executive director of our Congress of Christian Education will be on Wednesday at 11 a.m. I invite you each to come down and share in that with us. Do want to let you know that the election is not this year, it's next year. Amen. It's a long time. I know we've been running, feel like we've been running for five years, don't it? Amen, amen. But it's next year. Next year will be the election, but we need your prayers and your support continuing to build momentum and the support throughout this state. I thank you for your prayers uh, as, you, as you support us in the fine uh, way that you do. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Reverend Bruce, won't you come and recognize our visitors? We've come to the time in our service where we recognize our visitors, so we'll ask any first-time visitor, will you please stand? Let's welcome, okay? We here at K Chapel, you can remain standing so everybody can see you. We here at K Chapel want to thank you for braving the weather this morning and coming out to visit with us. Those of you who are on live stream for the first time, we welcome you as well. So we pray that your time with us is a blessed one and will give you, will prick your heart enough that you'll come back. And for those of you who are looking, looking for a church home, we believe you found the right place. So as we fellowship with you, we ask that the choir gives us something that you can only get here at KHL. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K Chapel.
the power of Jesus' name. All hail. Let angels prostrate fall. Chapel. Listen, as we have just fellowshiped with one another, we should remember that every Christian has been called to the ministry of one another. We are called to love one another, serve one another, submit to one another, instruct one another, encourage one another, help one another. Forgive one another, pray for one another, and remember one another. I'm Marvin Powell, and I serve as Minister of Congregational Care. This morning, I want to share with you a few opportunities that you have to share in the ministry of one another as we remember, care for, and pray for these members. We want you to stay in prayer for Deaconess Tangela Shelton, who lost her grandmother, Mrs. Claritha Robinson. That funeral was held on yesterday. We want you to also be in prayer for the Charles Simpson, for Char- Deacon Charles, Charles Simpson and his family, the family of Deacon Raymond Graham, Deaconess Mamie Thomas, and Brother Robert Brown and family. We have recover- recovering at home Sister Vera Collins and she's asking for your prayers. She's at home recovering from surgery. Sister Oprah Porter was briefly hospitalized in New Orleans, but I understand she is now at home and doing well. Also, Christopher Levine, the son of Mrs. Marquita Slater, is in the hospital over at UMC. And if you've not heard, Brother Fred Gross is in the in ICU at the Baptist Hospital, and he is also recovering well. But the family has asked that there be no visitors today. Please go, visit where you can, pray for those who you can, and thank the Lord that you can. Amen. Amen.
I'd rather have Jesus than the silver or gold. The old church used to say, you can have this old world. Just give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, if you will, won't you prepare your hearts for the spoken word by repeating these words of affirmation with me. I am about to hear God's holy word concerning my life. My mind is focused. My ears are open. My heart is ready. My soul is thirsty. Do me a favor and encourage this preacher by telling me, now preach, preacher. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, why don't you stand to your feet, those of you who can, let us read God's word for the reading of God's word. It's found in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 13. There you will find these words recorded. There was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Father, you and your son are in spirit are one. Please allow your servant, your word, and your wisdom now in this preaching moment to become one, that we may affirm the eminence of your kingdom, the power of your spirit, and the lordship of your son. We ask it all in Jesus' name, and for his sake we pray, amen and amen. I want to continue in our series entitled Doors, preaching from the subject this morning, everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that glitters is not gold. Last week we took time to try and set set the table of sorts as it relates to making choices. The goal of last week's sermon, for those of you who may not have been here, was to impress upon you just how much of a privilege we have been given in being created as free moral agents. How much of a privilege we have in that God has put in our hands the responsibility of making choices. God has given each of us the ability to choose. And this privilege and power of choice is something that we must recognize as a treasure to cherish and therefore choose wisely in a way that honors he who gave us the choice, the ability to choose in the first place. Our choices 
should glorify the God who gives us free will and who asks of us in every situation to choose life. This morning we want to get into the meat then of making choices. The meat of decision making and begin to explore how to recognize where God is in the choices before us. Because if we can figure out where God is, we can figure out we can figure out which door is God's will for my life. Then we can avoid a lot of life's tragedies and troubles. If I can figure out where God is and where he is beckoning me, then, then I can quit wasting a whole lot of time making wrong choices. Y'all going to wake up in a minute. If I can figure out where God is and where he is beckoning me to come, I, I, can, I can quit wasting a lot of time going through the wrong doors and, and, and setting out on the wrong paths and, and taking the wrong job or, or dating the wrong person or befriending the wrong people or accepting the wrong invitations or moving to the wrong city or, or going to the wrong school or dealing with the wrong clients. You can figure out where God is and where he's calling you to be. You can stop wasting a lot of time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that God will work all things according to my good. I understand that, that God will take my mess-ups and use them as set-ups. I know that God is able to make a message out of my mess. I know that the Lord can take my struggles and give me strength. He can take my grief and give me glory. He can take my pain and turn it into praise. I get all of that, but if I'm honest about it, if I can help it, I want to give God less things that he has to work out for me. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. If I'm honest about it, I, I want to give him less things that he has to turn around and make good because I messed it up. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. L less things that he has to turn around, less things that he has to work out in order to get me where I was supposed to be in the first place. I don't want to have to go through this, that, and the other, lose my money, my marriage, and my mind, be hurt here, be devastated over there, total my car, end up in the hospital, all so that God could make me stronger and wiser and work it out for my good. When if I could figure out how to make good choices in the first place, I wouldn't have to go through all of that. Come on and talk to me if you can. If God, if God can show me what to do and, and what choice to make and which door to go through, I'd rather do that than to have him have to work through my mess. Anybody with me on that? So let's start this morning to look at how to make decisions biblically. Because... If what I do lines up with what God's word says, then I'm much more likely then to be in God's will. So let me re-familiarize you just for a moment with the text. Abram has been called to leave his father's house and go to a land that God would show him. Y'all remember that. And Abram, Abram takes out and goes with his family and, and his livestock, and he doesn't even know where he's going, but he goes and he convinces his wife to go with him. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. He says, I'm, I'm going. And, and Sarah says, all right, if you're going, I'm going to go with you, but you better make good on it. 
she didn't say that, but that, that's just, you know, she just. And they, they head out, they head out, and they, they start looking for where God wants them to be. But he does not go by himself. He takes his nephew Lot with him. And together, together, Abram, Sarah, Lot, they begin to build a new life together in a new land with nothing but God's promise anchoring them. And because of Abraham's faithfulness, God blesses him and his family. They begin to multiply their livestock. They acquire more herdsmen to manage their livestock, and their folds grow more and more. Finally, the growth is so significant that the land where they have settled is insufficient to handle their growth. Their herdsmen have started fighting with each other for property rights, for grazing rights, for who's going to be able to let their, their livestock graze here. And, and you've been there long enough. It's my turn now. And they're bickering and fighting among themselves. And Abraham gets word that, that the workers are fighting among themselves about the livestock. He said, wait a minute. We're brothers. You're my nephew. I'm your uncle. We're not going to fight over grass. Can, can I suggest before I move a little further, sometimes we fight over insignificant stuff. Stuff that in the end amounts to little of nothing and you make a whole lot over something. Abraham said, no, we're not going to fight over grass. You go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. But you choose and we're going to remain family. Don't fall out over small stuff. Do I have a witness in here? Yeah, yeah. And the Bible says, the text says, that Lot lifted up his eyes, lifted up his eyes and saw all of the plain of Jordan. He saw that it was a fertile delta land that, that was well watered. The soil was rich. The grass was green. It was a beautiful piece of property, so much so that the Bible says that it looked like the garden of the Lord or the garden of Eden. Lot saw it and his eyes got big. And he said, I want that. I'm going east. And he chose to go to Sodom. Now, three things I'm going to tell you that were wrong with Lot's choice before I tell you how to choose biblically. Three things. Three things. So, yeah, that, that's six points. Three things I'm going to tell you. Three things I'm going to tell you. But they were wrong with Lot's choice. Number one, Lot cho Lot's choice showed no respect for his elder. Lot's choice showed no respect for his elder. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Reverend, I didn't know respect for the elders was, was a principle in decision-making, and it's not. Showing respect for elders is a principle not in decision-making. It's a principle for life. Can't help you, can't help. If you don't get that right there, showing respect is not, is not something you do to make the right choice. Showing respect is something you do because it's right to do. I wish I had a witness in here. And there are some principles that you just cannot get around and expect to be blessed when you're not doing the right thing. Lot ignored a basic principle of God and that is, watch this, respect your elders. I know you thought showing respect for elders was something that Mama just taught and daddy taught and, and mama made you do and big mama made you do, but please understand that that's not just big mama, that's Bible. 
showing respect for your elders is Bible. The Bible says in Leviticus 19 and 32, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man and you shall fear the Lord your God for I am the Lord. God says, listen, when it comes to elders that we owe it to show them our respect. Young, 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 young bucks, if, a, if an old person is talking to you, how dare you keep your seat? Y'all ain't talking to me. No, 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 show some respect. Show some respect. Show some respect. He says, when, when you shall stand up before the gray head. That, that means I recognize that, that mother, what you've been through, I'm trying to get through. And, and I recognize and I respect the life and the years that you have. So much so that I'm not going to sit down on what you're saying. What you're saying is so significant that I will stand up to honor and respect the life that you have lived. Amen. It says, it says stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. When it comes to those who have survived stuff that you will never have to experience, you ought to show them respect. When it comes to those who have sacrificed to make sure that you would get something that they would never have, you ought to show them some respect. When it comes to those who have lived through stuff that you have to just read about, you ought to show them some respect. And respect is saying to your elder, watch this, you go first. Respect is saying to your elder, listen, you've been through way more than, I, than I've ever known. You go first. I, I can wait. I, I got more strength. I can stand up longer than you. If you need my seat, take my seat. If, if I got the last program and you need a program, take my program. If, if I'm in line and I see the parking spot and it's a closer parking spot, but I got more strength, dude, take my parking spot. Whatever you need, I respect you. Because of the life and the years you have lived. Do I have a witness in here? Somebody in here just celebrated an 80th birthday. I'm over on this side. God bless you. Thank God for the years of life that have been lived. And whenever, whenever you have an opportunity to respect and show honor to your elders, make sure you do so because that's God's principles. You cannot make godly decisions ignoring godly principles. Yes. God still blesses those who abide by his word and walk according to his precepts. God still blesses those, watch this, who live by his principles. You cannot mistreat people and not think it's gonna come, not going to come back to get you. Because the Bible still says, whatsoever a man soweth, that he should, it's, it's going to come back to you. Whatever you sow in somebody's life, get ready to reap it. Whatever bitterness, whatever discord, whatever disharmony you sow into somebody else's life, that thing will find you when you least expected it. Wish I had a witness in this house. You cannot be stingy and think that you will be blessed because the Bible still says give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
And according to God's word, there is an expectation that when it comes to how we show deference to and consideration of our elders, that we must honor them. So it's not just Southern manners. That's Bible. Do I have a witness in here? Respect your elders. Tell your neighbor, respect your elders. Respect your elders. Respect your elders. Respect your elders. Amen. Now, both of y'all got gray hair. Y'all figure that out. Y'all figure that out. Eh? Amen. I ain't getting in that. I ain't getting in that. Y'all had that discussion. Amen. Amen. Number two, number two, number two, number two. Number two, something else was wrong with Lot's choice. Number two, the second thing that was wrong with Lot's choice was Lot's choice showed no consideration, no deference, and no gratefulness to his benefactor. Lot's choice showed no consideration, no deference, and no gratefulness to his benefactor. Lot was, listen y'all, Lot was blessed because of Abraham. Everything that Lot had was because his uncle hooked him up. Lot was blowing up because Uncle Abe hooked him up. And it just seems to me that if you know who hooked you up, when the choice comes to you, you ought to be wise enough to say, listen, since you've been so good to me already, instead of me just taking, 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 why don't you let me step back and you choose? Because what I got right now is all because of you. Wish I had a witness in this house. Listen, sometimes your best choice is not taking the best for yourself, but acknowledging the ones who have paved the way to get you to where you are. Sometimes your best choice is not choosing what's best for you, but choosing to honor somebody who opened the door for you, choosing to reach back and tell that person thank you, choosing to acknowledge that if it had not been for them, you would not be where you are. And so rather than taking more, 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 I'm going to step back, pause, and say, you know what you take right now because everything I got is because you step back so now you step up it's in the Bible I ain't making it up Philippians Philippians 2 3 and 4 says this Philippians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 say this do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only his own interests, but also to the interests of others. What does that mean? That means, listen, every choice can't be about you. Every choice can't be about your bottom line. Every choice can't be about how you're going to get the best. Every choice can't be about your success and, and your getting up front. Every choice can't be about how blessed you're going to be. Sometimes you've got to put others... Wish I had two or three witnesses in this house. You got to put others before yourself. And if somebody has opened a door for you, you ought to leave this sanctuary this morning and get on the phone and tell them thank you. Because I know you didn't have to do it. You could have kept everything you had to yourself and, and you were balling all by yourself. You didn't have to share anything with me. Thank you for cracking that door open and letting me come in. Thank you. 
Third thing that was wrong with Lot's choice. Third thing that was wrong with Lot's choice was that Lot chose with his natural eyes. Lot chose with his natural eyes. The text says, the text says, watch it, that he lifted up his eyes. Watch it. Watch. Didn't say anything about being spiritual. Just said he lifted up his eyes. Watch this. And he saw the plain of Jordan. He looked at the grass and saw how green it was. Tell your neighbor everything that glitters. He, he, he looked. He looked at the grass. He looked at the water supply. He looked at how fertile and flat the land was. And he said, that's where I'm going. He looked with natural eyes. Yes, how many of you know looks can be deceiving? It's not what something that looks like, it's not what something looks like that tells the whole story behind it. There are a lot of doors that can be deceiving. Opportunities can be deceiving. People can be deceiving. Proposals can be deceiving. Opportunities can be deceiving. Don't just go on what it looks like because everything that glitters. That's why the psalmist prays in that prayer, Psalm 119, open my eyes that I might see. The reality is, is that when we look at things apart from the Spirit of God, we only see them with our natural eyes. We need spiritual discernment, which allows us to see beyond the surface, to not be fascinated with the glitter and the glitz, but to see clearly, to understand completely, to comprehend the choices that are before us. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says this, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, but because they are what? Spiritually discerned. If you're going to make good choices, you cannot just do it with your natural eyes. You've got to have spiritual discernment. Because listen, hear me good. The devil knows how to dress up. Wish I had four or five witnesses. And the devil knows how to dress up and look good. I'll get to that in another sermon. I'll get to that in another sermon. Can't go into that right now. So, 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 so how do you make good godly choices? How do you make good godly choices. Three things that I'm through. Here it is. Number one, if you're going to make good godly choices, first of all, you must consider the spiritual implications of your choice. If you're going to make good godly choices, you've got to consider the spiritual implications of your choice. In a nutshell, two words, be spiritual. If you're going to make godly choices, you've got to be spiritual. When you begin your decision making, start from a spiritual perspective. If you've got a choice to make and, and it's a life-changing major decision, you need to approach that not with your natural eyes, but you need to approach that first with spiritual discernment. Because what you're doing is you're saying, watch this, that I want this choice to be grounded in faith. When you make decisions that are grounded by and grounded in faith, 
you can start automatically eliminating some doors as options to even consider. Hear what I said. When you start from a spiritual place, there's some doors that don't even make the cut. When you start from a spiritual point, there's some choices that don't even rise to the level of consideration. Do I have a witness in here? If you start from the spiritual perspective, you can eliminate some things from the very beginning because they don't line up with who you are, what you represent, or the values you hold. The problem with Lot's choice was that instead of being guided by a spiritual perspective, he was led by his desire for physical prosperity. The choice for Lot was which land would allow him to produce more? Which land would cause his herds to fatten up the fastest? Which pastures would stay green longer? Which area had the best supply of water? And when he considered all of that, Sodom rose to the top. Listen to that. When he considered the greenness of the grass, the proximity of the water, the flatness of the land, Sodom was at the top of the list. Isn't it amazing how wickedness can rise to the top of your list when you're not looking at it with spiritual eyes? Isn't it amazing what, what suddenly looks like a good option when you're not looking through a spiritual lens? Sodom was top choice all because he was looking at it with natural eyes. Mm. Mm. Yes, when physical prosperity guides your decision making, Sodom can look like a good door. When wealth and success are your objectives, Sodom can look like a good choice. It's amazing how good bad things can look. And it's also amazing all that we can overlook when we're looking at the wrong stuff. It's amazing how much we can look past and watch this and decide we can live with. How much we can deal with because what we really want outweighs what we're going to have to put up with. Good God. I, I could really preach that. I could really, I could really preach that. I could really preach that. We got to press on. Because, because he was so focused on how good the soil of Sodom was, Lot could not see the sin of Sodom. And I need to tell somebody that before you make your choice, you need to open your eyes not just to what appeals to you, but to the other things that come with making that choice. I know it's a six-figure job. But what do you have to give up to get it? Mm. I know you get the title that you've been working for all your life. But have your life's values changed now? So that what was important to you then as a young buck? Not so important now? Wish I, I, I wish I, oh God. 
I, I know you've had that crush on that person for years and years, and now they want to date you. But have you paused to consider what happened in their last three relationships? Why they ain't hooked up yet? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Yes, the soil of Sodom was nice, but the sin will kill you. The soil is fertile, but the sin is fatal. The soil is rich, but the sin will rob you of your dignity, rob you of your integrity, rob you of who you are and what you have made of yourself. You've got to be spiritual in your decision making. And when guided spiritually, some doors will automatically be closed because I can't be spiritual and submit myself to some stuff. Hmm. If you're going to make better choices, I'm going to press my second point, but if you're going to make better choices, you must be in touch and in tune with the spiritual implications and ramifications of your choice. Lot was raising a family. And rather than thinking about the welfare of his family, he was thinking more about the welfare of his herds. He thought more about his livestock than he did about his daughters. What am I submitting my family to if I make this choice? Because guess what? It goes beyond just me. What am I subjecting my loved ones to? Number two, number two, number two. You're going to make good godly decisions. Number two, you've got to take time to pray before making major decisions. I know that sounds very elementary, but, but I need to start with the basics. Take time to pray before making major decisions. Notice that the text says nothing about Lot praying before making this decision. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps because for Lot, the choice was so obvious. Maybe it's because the choice appeared to be too easy. You have green, lush, well-watered land over here. And then you have hilly, rocky, brown grass over there. That's an easy choice. I don't have to pray about that. Just be logical. Just be reasonable. Just be obvious. But what's, that's, that's what happens when you don't pray over choices and decisions. You choose based on logic rather than what the Lord says. You choose based on your limited view rather than the Lord's eternal perspective. You choose based on your narrow understanding rather than relying upon the omniscience of God. Why would you and your limited self, your limited capacities, your limited understandings, your limited perspectives make decisions for yourself when you have access to an all-knowing, all-powerful God who can show you which way to go, what to do, what's up the road, what's around the corner, what's hiding over there, where you need to go and who you need to hook up with. Why depend on your limitations when you have an unlimited God? God of the universe, 
who sees all things, knows all things, understands all things, and can do all things. Why would you limit your decision-making to yourself when the Bible says that the Lord knows the plans that he has for you and wants to prosper you and lead you to an expected end? Why would you depend on you when you can lean on God? The obvious choice, my brothers and sisters, is not always the right choice. If you're going to make the right choice, you cannot skip prayer. Listen, I don't care how obvious it seems. I don't care how clear it appears. When it comes to making decisions that glorify God, you need to take time to consult God. The Apostle James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generally to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, if you don't know what to do, ask God. If you don't know which door to go through, ask God. If you don't know which offer to take, ask God. And God will give you wisdom. John says this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us third thing and i'm through i'm wrapping it up right here third thing if you're going to make godly decisions here it is lastly seek good counsel from wise people seek good counsel from wise people not only did lot forsake praying to god lot didn't even talk to anybody else not only did Lot not pray to God, he didn't even talk it over with Abraham. Abraham, who was his older uncle, who clearly was a wise man, who, who clearly understood God's voice, who clearly had Lot's interest at heart, Lot didn't even consult with the man who was closest to him and brought him to where he was. Lot struck out on his own. Said, I'm, I'm the man now. Can make my own choices. Do my own thing. I've I, I, I watched Abraham long enough and I, I see what he do. I can do that. And, I, and, and I'm going over here without so much as having a conversation. Abraham, this great patriarch of faith, was never consulted by Lot. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, I'm saying that you must recognize the godly resources around you and utilize them. God gave them to you for you to use. God put them in your life. Consult with them. And this is a hard lesson. This is a hard lesson, particularly for teenagers. I know, I know teenagers because you think mom and daddy don't know nothing and y'all know everything. I know. Y'all will grow out of that too. And you'll come to understand that a lot of what mom and daddy are telling you is right on point. And, and watch this. They may not be able to Instagram But they can telegram to God. And, and they can find out what's going on in your life before you even know. Wish I had a witness in here. They, 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 they can give you wisdom 
that you hadn't even considered. And there's no need of you making decisions in the dark when you have people with experience and insight and understanding all around you. Lots of people have been where you're trying to get. So get good godly counsel. Solomon states this, where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. In other words, watch this. Solomon says, don't just talk to one somebody. Talk to somebody else. Talk to him. Talk to her. Get, get, get folk, watch this, watch this, who know you and who know the Lord. Talk to folk who love you and who love the Lord. And listen to the, why? why? Because all of them can't be wrong. Everybody can't be wrong, and, 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 if, and, if, and if that thing starts to lean in one direction, you might ought to listen. You haven't figured it out yet, this ain't a hooping sermon. This is one of those you got to think about. Go home and replay it, go back to Facebook and play it over, share it and like it, Amen. Get some other perspective, someone who knows you, someone who knows the Lord, someone who wants what is best for you, someone who is prayerful and who has a track record of making good decisions themselves. Oh, you missed that. Make sure you're listening to somebody who you can look back at their decisions and see that it worked out well for them. I'm through. I'm through. I'm through. When you've done all of that, when you've done all of that, you can say to the Lord, order my steps. When you've done all of that, you can say to the Lord, Lord, lead me, guide me to which path, to which door, which place you have in store for me talk to God talk to godly people and let him direct you through them look with spiritual eyes make spiritual choices let your choices be framed first and foremost through a lens of spirituality. And God will honor your choices. Order my steps. Lead me, guide me. You let him order your steps. The doors of the church are open. Order. Hallelujah. Lead me. Every. Send your anointing. Father, I. Order my steps. 
say that this morning. Water. I don't want to do the wrong thing, so God, I don't want to make the wrong decisions. God, I don't want to go through the wrong door. God, show me your perfect will. God, please. Come on, won't you stand? Water my steps. your will for our lives. 
teach us the path to take. Illuminate the road before us. Shine your light from heaven. And Lord, we will walk according to your will and according to your way. Let every decision we make bring you glory. Let us consider others more than ourselves. That in the end, you would be glorified. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you.